genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 117, which starts with lightning striking above where our fellowship is walking in the Pass of Caradhras and ends with Saruman saying, Moria. Well, we have a close-up on a very concerned Gandalf. Gandalf's face. Yes. So... The Caradhras effect, the 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 avalanche. The Caradhras effect. <laughs> yes, the the avalanche, the the avalanche on this miniature. If it looks fake, yeah, it all to me it looks like powdered sugar. It looks like they superimposed a waterfall effect on it and made it chunky. So what I don't they know, it... what they did is it shot at. Uh, really, really high frame rate. Mm, and then they slowed it down. And then they slow it down. Yeah. Um, To try to give the effect that it has a lot of weight to it as it falls. Yeah. Because this is that same like polystyrene glass microsphere mixture that they use for oh, all the other stuff. Oh, and then stuff. they just dumped it on the model. And then they just dump it down the model. Yeah. That makes sense. Some real rocks are mixed in. Hmm. That's probably why it looks fake. Because snow, like... Having lived in a place now where it snows every winter, I am more familiar with the way that snow acts, I guess. Yeah. You know? Um, and I guess it's kind of appropriate that we're talking about this minute today because there's a literal snowstorm outside. <laughs> yes. Yes, there is. So, um, but the when they're popping up out of the snow like daisies. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is definitely real snow. For a couple of them. For a couple of those shots, but not for all of them. Okay. But, like, the the Legolas shot the, looks like real snow. The Sam's arm reaching up like a zombie looks like real snow. I think that's supposed to be Vigo's arm. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh. It looks like Sam. Yeah. Because then, like, he uncovers his face. Yeah. The next one, you know? Yeah. So. I think it's supposed to be Vigo's arm. So... The way that they got some of those shots, they did all the studio stuff with all the fake snow. Mm -hmm. But even with, like, the studio stuff with the fake snow, they had, like, a little bit of real snow with them that they kept. Nice. To, like, pile on top of the effect mixed in with the fake stuff for when they pop out. Yeah. But Orlando Bloom, Peter Jackson, looking through stuff for the, the Caradhras scene, was just like, we don't have a really good pop-up shot for Legolas. And they had to do some filming up on a mountain at a closed ski resort mm -hmm. another day. And they're just like, well, well, we'll get it then when we're up there on the, on the mountain. <laughs> so Getting this tank of snow. So they, they're on a ski resort, and it the ski resort was, like, closed down. Yeah. Because there had just been a big storm. That makes no sense. Like, it was dangerous, and then it was, like, really windy. They, they talk about oh, it on the commentaries okay. a little bit. Like, but they were allowed to still go up and do their filming. That's, like, prime skiing. Yeah. It's just after a big storm. But they were allowed to still go up and do their filming on this closed... Um, what do you call it? Mountain. Mountain. This the trail. trail. Yeah. Closed trail. And they just like dug people-sized holes out <laughs> and had them step inside and then covered them up. Oh, man. 
So Orlando Bloom had to do all of this in real snow. That's although sucks. apparently it's the stuff heavy. was cold anyway, the the fake stuff because right. they mix it in cold water so it sticks together. So there's some amount of water mixed in with all that stuff so that it still looks wet and clings. Well, I mean like snow is all like real snow is also very heavy. Yeah. So that sucks. And the arm shot is whoever that was. I'm I'm fairly certain it's Vigo was also just buried and they're just like we just want you to like push your arm through. <laughs> the way it's edited though uh, it looks like it's supposed to be Sam or Frodo. Yeah. Uh, but whoever's arm that is. Whoever whoever has like a like a gray silver shirt sleeve. I guess that would be Aragorn. And they're just like and they're like reaching like someone trying to find their glasses in the dark. <laughs> where where is it? I've always loved this scene because it's very it's scary but it's also really silly and mostly because it reminds me of that scene in mulan where <laughs> you know they're popping up out of the snow like daisies yes <laughs> i like the way the gimli shakes himself off like a dog <laughs> they're like unburying him and then he's just like <laughs> <laughs> and then they're all shouting suggestions at gandalf as to what they should do next i love that even like Boromir and Aragorn are still just like fiercely, like, pass not even passive aggressively yelling at each other, but like they're not yelling at each other; they're yelling at Gandalf. So I guess it is passive aggressive. They're just like, well, obviously I have the best idea. Let's go to the Gap of Rohan and actually use a road. And Aragorn's like, "Are you crazy? <laughs> We're trying to avoid the guy that just shot lightning at us, right?" And. I don't know. I I don't understand why they would go over a mountain pass in the middle of the winter. Because it's January. Yes. According to the book. Yes. According to the book, it's January. Why would you go on a high mountain pass in the middle of January? Well, the the reason that they're here is because, and the very end of this minute is the beginning of it, and next minute kind of explains it. There is... Very little that is going to make Gandalf want to go through Moria. Right. But I'm just saying it could have been planned a little better. Yes. Well, once they realized the gap of Rohan was cut off to them, Gandalf didn't feel like they had a choice because Moria was not an option. That's true. And there's not another way around. Unless they want to go all the way back up to Rivendell and cross over the Misty Mountains in the same place that they do in The Hobbit. And go over into the go over to Mirkwood and then travel oh, south. That's that would be like way. the only other path, and that would take them through Mirkwood, which is also becoming right. more dangerous again. Right, and the Misty Mountains too, because I mean, yeah, they're already that's already goblin infested. Right. Hmm. Yes. So they would have to go backtrack all the way back up to the other pass yeah. over the Misty. Mountains. I mean, I guess like if they had had more time to plan, we'd be like. We leave. I would have like left in January, so by the time you get to the mountain, it's thawed out a little. Yes, which might be a little more dangerous depending on the conditions. Oh, landslides and the like. Right, but I don't know. Real world logistical problems yes. applied to fantasy makes me angry because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> they waited as long as they felt they could before they started their journey. I know. Because. They can't they can't put this off forever. It just like 
I think the reason it bothers me so much is because I, like, I was a Girl Scout and I was, like, trained to go, like, in the wilderness and stuff. And, like, hearing stories about people just walking off into the woods without any preparation or... Like, telling people where they're going. Telling people where they're going or going by themselves drives me nuts because you don't do that. And, like, yes, they're not by themselves, but they're also, like, woefully underprepared to deal with... What do you mean? They have a wizard and a ranger? They're... they're oh, my God. They're not prepared to deal with winter conditions when they're going to climb a mountain. Yeah. They would have known that the Gap of Rohan was closed to them at the council because uh, Gandalf had just come from Isengard. Right. And well, but Gandalf's plan in the previous couple of minutes was to make for the Gap of Rohan. He didn't realize how far oh, Saruman's true. influence had stretched outside the walls of Isengard. That's true, because of the the, the Crabane from Dunland. Crabane from Dunland. <laughs> yes, I guess that's true. I still, I just drives me you know, nuts. He was stuck on the tower. He doesn't know how far Saruman's yeah. grabbing. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know, it drives me crazy. I love this scene, but I hate this scene. Because, <laughs> like, I love this scene because it's very silly, but I hate this scene because yeah. my logical brain's like, why would you do hey, this? Man, if this story had taken the other path, Bayorn would have been in Lord of the Rings. Yeah! Beekeeper dude. Beekeeper bear. I love Bayorn. He's great. Bayorn's cool. Man, he'd be, like, the honorary member of the Fellowship. But then you have to, like, they probably would cut him out because <laughs> then you have to explain that there are werebears here. They don't cut him out in The Hobbit. Yeah, but he's also only there for, like, ten minutes. Yeah, I know. When he plays a much bigger role in the book. That's true. Werebears. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm always so amazed when people are like, there are werewolves in Tolkien? It was We met a werebear in the children's story. Right. Are there you vampires? Didn't question that. Yes. Nice. There are vampires. They were servants. Uh, I think the most notable vampire in the Silmarillion is a direct servant of Sauron, oh. if I recall correctly. That's cool. They should have made the mouth of Sauron just a vampire. I think it was a lady as well, but I'm not 100% oh sure. Oh my God. Where is that movie? It's been a while since I read the Silmarillion. There's a lot in there. I want to. It's very dense. Someone oh. will probably correct me, and they should if I'm wrong. Uh, the Silmarillion's dense, and I forget details a lot. Well, we're planning on going through it, because I haven't read the whole thing all the way through. So yeah. we'll probably cover bits and pieces going forward in our weekend edition. Yeah. Um, Talk about bits of the Silmarillion. Yeah. Cause Maybe eventually when that Baron and Luthien book comes out, everyone, we'll talk about that. I don't know. I'm excited. Everyone's like, oh, the Silmarillion, but, like, it's, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Yes. That I'm interested in, so. Yeah. To me, the hardest stuff to get through for me is near the beginning. Yeah. All the, like, all the stuff with the Valar at the beginning is kind of tough. Well, it's creation myths, right? Yeah. Yeah. Creation myths, the origin of, of Melkor. That's right. Morgoth. His Balrogs. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Which we'll be talking about soon. <laughs> Soon-ish. And, well, we're going to get our first look at one tomorrow. 
Oh, yeah, the art? Yeah. yeah. We're going to see the first drawing, the first image of a Balrog. I was like, what? Tomorrow. Moria's not tomorrow. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Soon. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Just logistically speaking, you, you, you don't even have like a, like a St. Bernard dog. Right. dig you out and give you Aww. brandy. They have Bill. <laughs> oh, poor Bill the Pony. Bill the Pony? That's true. Maybe he's got a little cask of brandy around his neck. <laughs> Here, this will warm you up. I no, it won't. It'll just make you forget the cold. Here I don't you know go. if ponies and St. Bernard dogs are equivocal, but oh. whatever. Yeah, you know. St. Bill. St. Bill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's canonized. <laughs> he's the uh he's the the duke of all ponies. Saint what? As opposed to the lord of all horses. Oh, the duke. Well, if he's a or saint. Or the prince of all ponies. The prince of ponies. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. Give shadow facts and then Bill. That's so funny. Bill's number 2. I don't know if I have any other. I'm just angry at underpreparedness. No, I I think uh, I think that's about it for this. <laughs> I think we've uh, we've come around to the end. So also on DuelingGenre.com, you can find not only this podcast but also Doctor's Companion, hosted by Scott, Nick, and Cassandra, and Geek by Night, our award-winning audio drama, which I will never stop saying because it deserves to be mentioned. <laughs> it is award-winning. As always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a great Tuesday, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye.